0: Welcome to Off the Record with James Bell, a legal podcast where we listen to stories that go beyond the courtroom. This podcast is a production of the Indianapolis Bar Association. Now, here's your host, James Bell. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Off the Record. Uh, The Indie Bar has asked me to make a few announcements, and then I would like to give you a few thoughts as we enter into this decade. Mary Kay, will you bear with me as I give a few updates and a few thoughts? You will. Okay. First of all, I just learned that we have had over 3,000 downloads of this podcast, so thank you very much for taking the time to listen. Uh, That is very gratifying. It takes a lot of work, especially for Mary Kay, to get these things Put together, it's great to hear that people are listening. So here's some big changes at the Indy Bar. On January 24th, the current Indy Bar location in the BMO Building, 135 North Pennsylvania Street, will close, and you will never be in here again. Correct, or at least on the 15th floor. From January 27th through February 28th, we won't be homeless. It under, I understand the staff will have a roof over. Her head, right? But they won't be working together. They'll be scattered to various law offices in the Indianapolis area. Bar staff will work remotely during this time and could be accessible by phone 317 269 2000 269 2000. And you could go to indiebar.org and view the staff directory there. There will also be no interruption to most services and programs, but be sure to check location information for events and meetings. And there will be no legal line or free Friday headshots during February. March 4th, it's a big day. The new, the awesome, the first floor office where you don't have to go up an elevator. A office where you can do depositions, is that correct? There will be a podcast studio. And it is beautiful, it is gorgeous, it's a place to work, it's a place to socialize, it's even a place to meet with clients. 140 North Illinois Street, which is by the old National Building, across from CVS, uh, by the Hilton there on Market Street. So that's where our new home will be, and I can't wait to March 4th. I can't wait to see this office. And April, watch for details about the grand opening celebration. So it's 2020, and I have a confession to make, Mary Kay. I have a problem. I am sort of obsessed with celebrities. Did you know this about me? I didn't know that. On vacation, I will admit that I get People magazine. Okay? And I'm not willing to admit that I get us weekly or in touch while I'm on vacation, but I'm not willing to deny it either. Because after all, I am an ethics professor at the law school and I don't want to set a bad example. I'm even more obsessed about getting pictures with celebrities. I don't know if you've seen any pictures of me with celebrities, but even not great celebrities. Like, I'll go chasing them. Like, I hear there's a celebrity nearby, and my heart rate goes up, my blood pressure goes up, I get excited. One time in 2004, I was flying to Richmond, Virginia for a wedding, and my layover was in Washington, D.C., and I got off the plane, 2004, and I under- I hear... That William Hung is in the airport. Do you know who that is? The American Idol guy. Like, if there are A-list and B list, this guy may be a D-list. Like he was a guy that like took himself very seriously when he sang on American Idol. And it was so hilarious because he was the worst, the worst. But he was this sort of celebrity for I'm gonna say 12 weeks, right? And I heard he was in the airport. And I chased that guy down and I found him and I and I got somebody. This is before cell phone cameras or at least where most people had them. I had a sure shot camera that I happened to have because I was going to a wedding. I got someone to take a picture of us. I'll post that on Facebook. But that's how bad I am with celebrities. One time I was standing right by Palomino on the other side of the street. I guess that's Maryland and Illinois, and I saw Ron Artest on the other side. I was planning to just walk up Illinois, but I wanted to just get close to Ron Artest, and I'm across the street, and I yelled at him, I said, hey, Ron! And he just stared at me, and when he walked across the street, like he he was miles away from me, but his arm was so long. I mean, this 90-foot arm, he held out his arm, and he had this gigantic hand for me to give him five, right? And I jumped up, and I gave him the worst, the weakest high five, the most embarrassing high five you could possibly give. But he was kind of a nice guy. He never really looked at me, never said anything to me, but he gave me five. And I was sort of excited to see that. So one time I stalked Peyton Manning before he got into his car. I'll post this on Facebook as well. And I sat there. I blocked him from his car. I got a picture with that Shot camera again. I've also stalked Andrew Luck and gotten a picture with him. And then, you know, there was a time where my childhood hero, center fielder Dale Murphy for the Atlanta Braves, two-time MVP. Nobody's heard of him. But I met with him. I got a picture with him. And it was very cool. The worst was Super Bowl week when the Super Bowl was here. And I worked at Bingham, which was right near the action, and I just couldn't help myself. I could not get anything done. I would slip out in the Super Bowl village. And at the end of the week, I, had, I looked at my timesheet. Sometimes you look at your timesheet and it's empty and you've spent time with family and you feel like it was worth it. This time, I looked at my timesheet. It was empty and I had fuzzy pictures of Eddie George, Shannon Sharp. I mean, there was really nothing to show for it. It was pretty pathetic. But I put celebrities and athletes in particular on a pedestal, and I'm not really sure why. I will tell you of all the celebrities I met, with some exceptions, I usually, usually walk away thinking the person was less of a nice guy than I originally thought. You know, what does this have to do with the practice of law? Let me tell you. There are people in the practice of law that we put on a pedestal sort of as a matter of law. We stand for judges. We address them as your honor. They have a lot of power. But that respect is necessary to the judicial system working. If we have a lack of respect, that would breed contempt for the system and orders would not be followed, and then where would we be? Prosecutors of federal and state court, they also have a lot of power, and what they do with that power is often up to them. And I'm old enough to remember two decades ago when the initial offer in certain county courts were what they called plead to the lead. They always wanted you to plead to the highest charge and allow them to ask for the maximum sentence, sight unseen, before the case even existed. In a tough crime era, this policy was politically safe, but it also meant that the likely outcome of the case, or the likely offer at least, had been predetermined. Some might argue that that eliminated a prosecutor's discretion or his or her ability to be a lawyer, and to some extent, it eliminated an element of leadership. But again, we had to put these prosecutors On a pedestal because of the power that they had. So, remembering this, I was pleasantly stunned somewhat recently when elected prosecutor Terry Curry retired and had the chance to brag about his accomplishments. One of the things he bragged about was the number of expungements his office had agreed to. In doing so, he was bragging about giving second chances, he was bragging about cutting the right members of this community, not all members, a break. And I thought that was refreshing leadership. His successor, Ryan Mears, has continued on the same path. His office is serious about going after violent crime, but is also serious about giving the right members of the community a second chance. There are now, I've just noticed, second chance workshops being held in Marion County with the Marion County Prosecutor's Office, where members of our community could get help reinstating their driver's licenses and expunging their criminal histories. That never would have happened years ago, at least in my opinion. When asked about this program, Mr. Mears stated, quote, for me, my job is to help people. I'm looking for ways that we could get people back on their feet. He then made the case that without a license, it's hard to find a job. When people have a job, they don't commit crimes. And that these programs of cutting people a break will make the community safer. Not that they are listening to this, Mary Kay. But if they are, Mr. Curry, I would like to thank you for your service to Marion County. And Mr. Mears, I'd like to thank you for your leadership. It is a new year and a new decade. And I thought I would start this decade off with a message of how lawyers in our community are using their power to deliver second chances, forgiveness, and grace. I have been told, Mary Kay, that grace is a good thing. What do you think? How many stars would you give it out of five? Five. You give it five. I give it two thumbs up because I grew up in the 80s. I didn't do little online reviews. So Happy New Year from the Indie Bar. In this new decade, may you have continued success, and may you give and receive grace along the way. I also hope you will join us for this year's episodes of Off the Record.